for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, it'll be our last episode of the update. We're wrapping this thing up after a few years. Kate Scott got it off the ground a few years ago. I took over from her. Steve Berman has hosted episodes for us, and we've had a great time bringing you all the top stories in Bay Area sports. Our guest today is going to be the first guest I ever had on the update. That's Grant Brisby, who covers the San Francisco Giants for The Athletic. The Giants, have they got themselves back into a playoff position? All things we can discuss with our good friend Grant Brisby, who joins me next. Today is Friday, August 19th. It's a pleasure to welcome back for our final episode of The Update. He was actually the first guest I had on The Update when I took over for the great Kate Scott. It's Grant Brisby. He covers the San Francisco Giants. You'll read him in The Athletic. Grant, it's great to have you back on, man, for the final episode. How are you? I'm doing well. So I'm the first guest and the last guest? I mean, I'm honored. Yeah, you got us rolling, and then uh, and then who cares what happens now, right? We can say whatever we want. This is it. <laughs> I guess, yeah, all the gloves are off. I, I, well, this is what Will Ferrell did for Conan O'Brien, so I think it's perfectly analogous. Um, our careers are both just as successful, and we're both uh, just as wealthy. Who's the Conan and who's the Will in this situation? Uh, I think I'm the moron, so I'm Will Ferrell. <laughs> okay, I'll take I'll take the the Harvard <laughs> Lampoon dude. I'll take the uh, I'll take the brilliant former writer of The Simpsons and Conan O'Brien. Right there, you go. Yeah, I I would if I were you. Uh, yeah, a good deal. So, uh, hey, it's a fun way to, to end this, just because the Giants are playing better baseball than the last time we talked. But the last week or so has kind of has it changed your scope on the season? Is it is it false hope? Is it a little bit of a, uh, I don't know pleather, not real leather? I'm just <laughs> trying to come up with a with a Grant Brisby like analogy here to put on this Giants uh, last week or so. I'm jotting that down. Pleather, use pleather in article. Um, no, it's uh, look, it's the Pirates, it's the Diamondbacks, and I get that. At the same time, yeah, it's it's different. It's they're playing quality baseball because it's one thing to watch them struggle against the Dodgers, who are clearly a superior team, and it's another thing to watch them beat up on the bad teams. But they're playing better baseball. They're making fewer unforced errors. They're just screwing up less, and maybe that is the quality of competition coming through you want them to screw up less you want them to kick the ball around just a little bit less you want them to give away fewer runs and yeah how can you not how can you look a five game winning streak and a bunch of walk-off dingers in the mouth and the great note was that the the last time they had had a walk-off home run well the last walk-off home run and, and i know you were hitting on this alex pavlovic had hit on this a whole bunch over the last few weeks was the san diego padres hit a walk-off home run in the bottom of the eighth inning at oracle park before this year that was the last walk-off that's one of the weirdest notes in baseball history I kind of love it. Like, I, I don't want to like, too. yeah, it's it's so of its time. So of 2020, I was there. I was at that walk-off home run. And when, as it started happening, I could see it. It was a train coming down the tracks. And I'm like, this is going to be a walk-off home run for the Padres. And in front of me are all these cardboard cutouts of people who couldn't <laughs> be there because they were at home wearing slippers for the 97th straight day or whatever. It was bizarre. So I kind of liked it, but I will take the two walk-offs in three days. That's a, a little bit more fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, and Tyro Estrada, the walk-off on Sunday, and then hits the triple to uh, to put them in position to uh, have Brandon Crawford walk it off. How about this note? And I, and I saw this one, too, and I realized I was at this game back in 2009. The Giants had not had a walk-off home run when they were down to their final out coming from behind since Pablo Sandoval did it against Joe Bimel back in 09. And what's so funny is I read that note. I was like, I was at that game. I was losing my mind back in 2009. Went with a buddy. It was his first time ever at Oracle Park, and Matt Cain cruised, and we were chumming it up, having a good time, yucking it 
standing up and laughing, and then all of a sudden here comes Bob Howery giving up three run bombs to Nick Johnson, and now I'm stressed. And but then Pablo Sandoval, that was kind of that was kind of the emergence of big money and little money in 2009. Exactly. When I uh, wrote my my little recap of the Giants hitting that walk off home run that come from behind from Brandon Crawford, uh, I mentioned that like Joe Bimel. I know who Joe Bimel is. I remember there's a pitcher <laughs> named Joe Bimel because of that. There have only been 29 come from behind walk-off homers in the history of the Giants. And that's going back to Mel Ott. That's going back to New York. There were just two in the 1990s. There were just two in the entire 2010s. And there have been three in the last month, give or take. It's wild. Like 10% of these kinds of home runs are within the last month. It, Willie Mays never had one. Willie McCovey never had one. Barry Bonds never had one. They're rare. They're rare. And the Giants have just like sprinkled them around the last month or so. I don't know. It's, it's not going to get them into the postseason by itself, but it's fun. Barry Bonds never had a come-from-behind walk-off home run. That's unbelievable. Yeah, and I, as I say that, I'm wondering if I need to edit that because I think I was at one when he hit one off of Trevor Hoffman. Like now I'm now I'm I'm on a podcast second guessing myself and let me let me yeah he had one in 1995 I was there all right I'm gonna go back and edit that <laughs> however <laughs> however <laughs> Willie Mays oh no and there's McCovey okay I've got a couple I've got a couple to to go back and and, and this uh, and edit that no and there's Willie Mays huh I was looking at something completely different how about that anyways uh, how's the podcast going so far Grant. <laughs> well, it's it's going good, and uh, and you won't have to edit it for after this pod because again, this is the last one. No worries. Who knows who's going to hear this anyway? Grant, we're all set, dude. No big deal. It is funny when you talk about hitting notes for the Giants, and there are guys like Barry Bonds and Willie Mays and Willie McCovey not included because frequently when we and we've seen this a lot over the last few years with guys like Brandon Crawford and Brandon Belt hitting you know game totals for the Giants or number of years with the team, number of seasons in San Francisco. Frequently, those are the only guys at the top of the list. So when there's a home run note, I just sort of assume it's Will. Willie, it's Barry, and it's Willie, and all three of those guys have done it. That is what is so just charming about the Giants' inability to get someone who hit 30 home runs, right? They had this streak where they couldn't even get a guy who had who hit 20 home runs. It was just years and years and years of not hitting 20 home runs. And this is the franchise of Mays and McCovey and Bonds hitting literally 73 home runs in a single season. This is the home runniest franchise in all of baseball. And then they had this gap where they just couldn't hit home runs. Uh, they kind of deserved it. It's like karmic justice and you got to just take your medicine. Yeah, I mean, teams around the league are like, yeah, you guys got your your allotment of home runs, I think, for the next 150 years. I think you're okay. Willie McCovey at one point, and didn't he? I think he passed Mel Ott for the most home runs in the National League, right? Like Mel Ott at 5'11 right. had the most ever. So there you go. It went on for a long time where the Giants were mashing uh, against teams in the National League. In terms of this Giants roster and what we saw on Wednesday night, and Dominic Leone has been kind of a gas cannon and really hasn't been the same guy that he was last year. The bullpen in general, I looked at this season and thought, that's going to be the strength of the team. Starting pitching in the bullpen, that's going to keep them in games and it turns out over this last week they've been okay but they have not had reliable guys J uh, Gabe Kapler said on Wednesday you can't go Doval every single night I would kind of like to go Doval every single night I kind of also like to go John Brebbia every night just because I want to see him pass Jim Brower's 89 games mark <laughs> from 2004 but Jim Brower's arm almost fell off I think after that so maybe yeah, maybe not the best health situation but in terms of the Giants bullpen and this is just sort of a funny note do you think Based on how maybe this shakes out over the next month and a half, we're going to look back at the trade deadline and go, man, maybe they should have held on to Trevor Rosenthal, who had never pitched a game for San Francisco. By the time people are hearing this, I will have published an article because I'm writing writing about it right now about how unsustainable the whole 
blueprint is for the Giants roster because they have built their roster around the idea of these five and dive starters two times through the rotation, whether it's Cobb or Wood, and then you just throw arms out there, different looks, different varieties of getting guys out, and none of them are working as well as you want them to. Other than Doval, you have low strikeout guys who are allowing the ball to be put in play for a defense that isn't good at catching it. You're getting just inconsistent run prevention all up and down the bullpen, and that's the whole key to the Giants' season. It's the plan, is just to have four innings where you can lock it down with different looks, and boy, they're gassed. They're pitching. Everyone seems to be pitching every day. It's unsustainable. They have to figure it out. I'm not sure if this is a roster that can really mess around with Alex Wood unless they figure out how to get consistent bullpen outs uh, year after year. Well, and I'm sort of wondering what's going to happen with Carlos Rodon. You hold on to him in the hopes that you can make this push. I mean, his value is going up by the minute, by the pitch. He was insane on Wednesday night, and this guy's going to be a Cy Young candidate. I would not be shocked to see him finish in the top five. I know Gonsolin's having a great year. There's some other guys in the National League. Heck, Edwin Diaz is going to get some looks also with the Mets just because of uh, the season he's having, like a, a Mariano Rivera-type season for Diaz with the Mets. But uh, in terms of the uh, the rest of the – the starting pitching and, and where this team is going to go beyond this year. I, I don't see Rodon coming back unless the Giants are really willing to throw a long-term contract at him, and they weren't willing to do that with Kevin Gosman, who's still having a pretty good year. That's kind of the conclusion of my pieces. That has to change. I think they need to get silly with someone like Rodon. I think they needed to get silly with someone like Max Scherzer in the offseason. I think until they can prove that they're the Rays and they can source relievers from anywhere and mix and match and just have a different group out there every year and somehow they're still successful, they would be cooked without Logan Webb. And that was not something that anyone saw coming. If Logan Webb were even just a good pitcher who struggled a third time through the order, the Giants would be hosed. If he's just like an anachronism, he is an old school pitcher who can get you to the seventh, the eighth inning. If they didn't have that, if they had another starting slot that they had to fill with more four inning bullpen outings, I don't know, man. So they have to go all in and sign Rodon. They have to add someone like Rodon. Uh, maybe not as effective, but someone who can pitch into the sixth, seventh inning reliably. That's what they wanted from Desclafani, and they didn't get it. But they're going to have to figure out how to source more innings from the rotation than they've been doing so far. Don't count out my boy Junis, man. Jacob Junis has been a godsend, I think, for the Giants this year. From what he did start, I mean, at the beginning of the year, they were using him in like five inning outings, and he was coming in in the second after a Sam Long open, and then he got injured right, and then comes back and, and wasn't quite as good uh, throwing strikes, really, after the, the trade deadline. But that last start on Wednesday night that got you to the walk-off, that was an old-school feeling game because it was pitchers going back and forth, both guys into the seventh, and I just kept waiting for Gabe to come get him, but he let him go. He got to 101 pitches, gave up just the solo home run, was really sharp. I think Jacob Junis is a guy who obviously is not going to be all that expensive. I, I could see them bringing him back, and I like him in a long bullpen role. Don't mind him as a, a fifth or a sixth potential starter either. Yeah, no, Jacob Junis is, uh, he's, he's proven himself that he belongs in the major leagues. He's proven that he can probably be in a rotation, but I think he's one of these guys that we're talking about where as a slider heavy guy, he's basically a two pitch pitcher and he's going to be effective. And I'm not sure how often he's going to be effective that third time through the order. It's just the, the mix of pitches. Once you've seen sliders 50, 60% of the time, maybe that third at bat, you're a little bit better attuned to it. Uh, he might be a better pitcher for someone with an excellent bullpen, just a lights out, nailed down that that bullpen like the White Sox maybe, like the, the Yankees generally have one of these, the Rays like I mentioned before. You have that, Jacob Junis is your guy. If you're the Giants, 
man, I don't know. You're taking a risk that you you aren't going to have these problems with the bullpen next year. That doesn't mean you get rid of Jacob Junis. I'm just saying, I don't know if he's the perfect fit for what the Giants are doing right now. Fantasy world for you. What's the Giants offseason look like? Who do they go get and who do they re-sign? Whew, that is a good question. I, I'm only, I, by the way, I'm only asking you now because I don't get a chance to ask you later. It's the last podcast. <laughs> yeah, no. I, <laughs> <laughs> Just let's get this all out of the way. What do you think about the winter meetings coming up, uh, uh, Grant? Let's uh, let's talk about that, too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the last podcast. And I still have to fig- uh, shoehorn in all my political ideas and stuff <laughs> okay. like that. Oh, we'll get to those. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, let me see. So I'm trying to remember who are the pending free agents. It's going to be. Ooh. Boy, I haven't thought about this in a while. I will say that Carlos Rodon definitely has to be a priority because the Giants are going to get criticized for not spending money. And I don't know if that's right or wrong. I I think that they've had a lot of success with the short-term deals on starting pitching, and they don't necessarily need five, six, seven-year contracts to have another Barry Zito or or Johnny Cueto or Jeff Sabarja. I don't think that's the, the platonic ideal. At the same time, you need someone to absorb these innings more than they've been absorbed this season. They, the Giants relievers, they have a, a full run above the starters in terms of ERA. And that's just not how it's supposed to be. And That's a lot of overwork. And so if you have some starting pitchers, I'm just trying to remember, I've, I've got brain fog. Who are the best starting pitchers on the market this offseason? I'll look at the starting pitcher market for you. I'm thinking about guys like Trey Turner, the big bats, Aaron Judge. I'm just wondering, because you, you're right, you're going to have to get silly with some guys. I think getting silly is, is the right terminology to use for that, because you're going to have to overpay for some guys, and that's what it costs to kind of get back into the fold and to compete with teams like the Padres. And I don't know if they're still going to try to set themselves up for going after Juan Soto in a couple of years. He'll be a free agent after, what is it, 2024? He'll hit the free agent market after that season. He's got a couple of years left in San Diego, but there's going to have to be somebody that they do get silly with and say, even if it's not two or three guys you're gonna have to commit to somebody i agree with this and it's you can be clever and you can look at the idea of free agency as something that is inherently bad idea a bad investment at the same time you need someone to get the fans excited about whether it's aaron judge or trey turner i think judge is more of a billboard player than trey turner trey turner does a lot of things well and he might age well because he has these uh what they call young player skills he has contact he has speed i like a a lot of what trey turner does but judge has that uh, sex appeal so to speak he is the guy who is going to threaten the the coke bottle out there is he going to be good at 39? No, maybe not. Is he going to be healthy at 36? Maybe not. But I don't see the Giants having a long-term contract in their future. And what I mean by that is they're not going to lock up Lamont Wade Jr. to a 10-year, $200 million deal. They're not going to need to sign Marco Luciano for another five, six years. They don't have these coming down the, the pipeline. So why not just get silly and waste Charles Johnson's money now? There's a bunch of guys out there, starting pitchers, guys who could slot in as like twos or threes, and there's not a lot of super young ones. Uh, like Zach Eflin is out there. He's a 29-year-old. Dylan Bundy at 30. He's got a club option. Uh, heck, Trevor Bauer has an opt-out. He's an upstanding guy. Maybe you go after him. Chris Archer, Tyler Anderson out there, Mike Clevenger, Jacob deGrom, Kyle Gibson. So not a ton of like super sexy names. Zach Greinke, by the way, 39 years old, going to be a free agent after this year. He's still out there. Sean Manaya at 31. There's a lot of names, and the Padres are going to lose a handful of these guys. My qualifications, when I'm looking at at what a pitcher brings to the table, the Giants are much better at this than I am, at least as as far as this guy can get out, this guy can prevent runs. They seem to have that 
uh, locked down. I want a guy who can go through the lineup a, a third time if needed. If his pitch count's low and he's humming, he's got a chance to go through and give you six, seven innings. I think Manaya might be that guy. I know he's scuffled an awful lot recently, but someone like that where you can let him cook a little bit more than you'll let Alex Wood cook. And I like Alex Wood. I think he's been fantastic for what the Giants uh, thought they were getting at the time. He's, he's surpassed that. Uh, at the same time, you need to have a front office that is reliably building shutdown, shutdown bullpens. And so far, when you're talking about 2019, 2020, and now 2022, I'm not sure if the Giants have that capability that you can count on every year. That said, it still does feel like the year, Grant. I still like to float that out there. Feels like the year after this last week. Little magic, huh? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? Why not? It's uh, listen. If we talk about the 2014 Giants and we laugh and we giggle, they really did put a first baseman who couldn't hit out in left field, and that was their salute. That was their literal solution, and they won a World Series after it. And that offends me. Like when you think about it too deeply, it's funny. It's great. It's historical, but man, that shouldn't work. And we're, I don't know, maybe that's what happens this year. You put out a bunch of goofball relievers and then you find yourself in the world series with Carlos Rodon pitching on two days rest or something in game seven. <laughs> My mom and I have joked for years that we could hear Bruce Bochy's voice in our heads just at certain moments. Like when you're watching a ball game, you just hear phrases from him. And the one, uh, the one that we frequently say to each other is like Ron Wotus goes to him and He's like, dude, we don't have a left fielder. And he says, screw it. Just put it in Ishikawa. <laughs> screw it. Yeah. Chris, grab Chris Dominguez. Put him out there. He'll be all right. Justin Maxwell or whoever he's going to grab, right? Yeah, it's just like you see the Giants uh, struggling to hold a one-run later. Well, get Casilla up. Get, <laughs> get Santiago out there. Yeah. Uh, We're going to give him a day, and uh, we'll come <laughs> back to him. We're going to give him a day. Uh, hey, uh, one more for you on the way out before we wrap this up, Grant. Uh, I think I think safe to say at this point uh, – 16 days we're recording this after the trade deadline the Giants made the right move in getting J.D. Davis instead of Juan Soto I think it's it's pretty apparent at this point <laughs> uh, yeah I mean really what the Padres should have done is trade Fernando Tatis right and got, yeah right got J.D. Davis instead uh, I like J.D. Davis I am a little bit more impressed with his raw defensive tools than I thought I I otherwise would have been he's never going to have the range but he has more of an arm at third than I thought he was going to have uh so maybe there's some clay there that the Giants can work with and if the they decline Evan Longoria's option maybe he can be a starting third baseman I really liked that trade overall I, I can't believe the Mets gave up all of that and didn't get Harlan Garcia back as the lefty they needed it was kind of wild to me so I liked that trade I still wish they could have twisted another team's arm for Carlos Rodon I still think that there are teams that are just bananas for not doing that and for hugging their prospects a little too tightly hey it's kind of like when after the deadline Rodon said well I guess what we got to do is just try and you know see what happens and that's where the Giants are right now he's going Lou Brown well all there is to do now is win the whole fucking thing <laughs> drop, drop to Lou Brown as I imagine Carlos Rodon's peeling uh, articles of clothing off of Farhan in the dugout right I, I don't, in the, the locker room I don't, I don't think it's going down the same way for the the 2022 Giants Grant I love talking to you man I've told you for years i've been reading you since uh since i was just a lad dude in high school i was reading on mccovey chronicles and so cool that we get to shoot the bull now and, and talk giants baseball thanks 
for uh, for always being a part of the podcast, man. I really do appreciate it. Did you just drop? A, I used to read you when I was in high school. On me, I d- dude, I did. I, I was, I was. That was intentional. By the Holy way. crap! I, like, I may never talk to you again. I was like, that's it. So, man, I was about to wish you well and and hope that you hope you land on your feet now that this cushy update job is gone. I hope you find a gig somewhere out there. But man, not anymore. <laughs> you've, you've aged well, my man. You've aged well, Grant. Oh, dude, enjoy the rest of the season, Grant. Be well, dude. All right, you got it. Thanks so much. Uh, great stuff from Grant Brisby. Fun to just uh, to get loose with it and bounce around baseball and, and talk some ass. Seriously, one of my favorite guys in, uh, in Bay Area sports media. And, and I didn't mean any any harm by it. I really have been reading Grant since I was in high school at the McCovey Chronicles and then following him to The Athletic. It's been uh, been a lot of fun to get to still read his features. He does a great job. Make sure you're following him and, uh, and reading him all baseball season long, and especially in the offseason. That's when Grant does some of his best work. In the thralls of winter, when you're clamoring for some baseball, he gets the job done. So a huge thank you to Grant for always being a part of the podcast. Thank you so much to a lot of our regular guests as we wrap up the final episode here. David Lombardi, Matt Barrows do a great job covering the Niners for The Athletic. Marcus Thompson, uh, one of, if not the best sports writer on the West Coast, always does a wonderful job when he stops by. Jordan Rodrigue, our uh, Athletic Rams writer. It's going to get a stink not talking to her a couple of times every year, but we'll make sure we connect with her uh, uh, on our own and and keep tabs on what's going on with the L.A. Rams and make sure you're following her, especially when the Niners and the Rams get ready to square off. A huge thanks to Kate Scott, who, who passed the baton to me with the update. A big thanks to Steve Berman, who filled in with me and a massive thank you to Brian Primetime Smith, my producer, who has been with me every episode of The Update, except when he takes days off and then i got to record it and send it to him myself. But that's, we won't get into that right now. Big thanks to Brian Smith. Love working with you, bro. It's been a lot of fun from uh, from working with you at KNBR to here at The Athletic. And I will be back uh, with The Athletic doing some more stuff uh, per Tanika Smothers when uh, when things permit or when things open up a little bit. They're going to roll some new stuff out, and I'll definitely be involved. So you keep following me at Adam Copes on Twitter. I'll make sure uh, to keep you apprised of anything that I do with The Athletic. It's been a lot of fun bringing you the best stories in Bay Area sports each and every week. Make sure you stay locked to The Athletic. A lot of great podcasts all football season and baseball season long right here. Until whenever we talk next, enjoy your time, enjoy the Giants' potential run to the postseason and the start of the NFL. We'll talk to you soon. And come son of Jorel, kneel before Zod. It's officially tourney time. Visa Official partner of the NFL. Today is Monday, February... <laughs> 21, is how it is. This, di- this disc thing is driving me nuts. Oh! oh!